Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Well, hello there. We're about to head into an episode with Kate Leth. Yes, Kate Leth, the one, the only, sat down with Jenny and I to talk about a new man because, of course, she did. It's one of my favorite episodes of this podcast that we've ever recorded, so buckle up for that. But before we get there, of course, I have some announcements, some news. Let's begin with spooky news, shall we? Okay, here's the deal. The spooky news for today comes from Valdosta, Georgia. Valdosta, Georgia. I'm not sure how we pronounce it, but here's what happened. Construction workers discovered thousands of human teeth in the wall of a commercial building. Thousands of human teeth. That's a lot of human teeth. They were, according to this article in The Independent, disposed of after being retrieved in, I say, where? Where do you dispose of thousands of teeth? Just at the landfill? Where? And in this article, it also said they were disposed of after being retrieved, although a local historical society did offer to take them. So apparently a lot of interest abounds for teeth. Now, I want to bring a little bit more clarity to this spooky fucking news story, is that thousands of teeth were found in the wall of this building, and guess who owned the building? A dentist. A dentist owned the building in the year 1900, Dr. Clarence Whittington, uh, and another dentist, 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 I said it like that's how you say doctor for a dentist, uh, Dr. Eumanns, uh, in 1911 was a tenant in the building until at least 1930. Hang on to your fucking hats. The discovery is not the first of its kind. It's the third building in Georgia found to have teeth hidden in its structures, all of which were dental offices in the earliest 20th century, to which I say, what the fuck? It's pretty spooky. I mean, it doesn't even have to do with like ghosts or anything. It's just spooky to pull somebody's teeth and be like, oh, let me hang on to that. Let me put it in this empty wall. Like, how does it even, I don't know. That's your spooky news. I hope you enjoyed. Okay, now, something that is entirely not spooky is the fact that we have so much new merchandise and we have pretty massive sales happening through Sunday. So first of all, in the buffering store, we have new palm hats, hats to keep your little Scooby heads warm. And they say, wow, 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 across them. So Jenny's now infamous catchphrase, wow, wow wow, wow, has made it to a palm hat and you can now purchase it to warm your little ears, Uh, (laughs) which is very exciting. We also have kid-sized t-shirts that say Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy. That beautiful Isabella Rotman design is now on tiny tees for your tiny humans, which is very exciting because we all know, start them young. What's more, in the Angel on Top store, there are two new products, a Cordelia t-shirt. You heard me right, a Cordelia t-shirt. It was designed using the lyrics from our beloved Cordelia jingle, 
And the artwork was done by Meg Lindsay, who runs a brilliant Instagram called Buffy Letters. Meg is amazing. The shirt is amazing. Angel on top is amazing. You should go and check that out. And they also have a new enamel pin, also designed by Isabella Rotman, that says Big Demon Energy. Big Demon Energy. It's a really fun, very fun enamel pin. So... Through this Sunday, we have a big sale happening in both stores that will get you 20% off. It goes through Sunday, and you just use the code Cordelia because, I mean, we've all been waiting for the shirt, you know, We and we all love Cordelia. So if you use the code Cordelia in either one of our stores, that's Angel on Top's store, which you can find at angelontop.com, or Buffering store, which you can find at bufferingthevampireslayer.com, both of which you just click on shop. It'll take you to our store. You use that Cordelia code, you get 20% off, and you can put things from both of our stores in the same cart. So you can like go to one, get some stuff, go to the other, get some other stuff. Uh, It's very awesome. If you're a $10 Patreon supporter of either podcast, you're getting a code to receive 30% off through Sunday because you normally get 20% off. So of course we need to give you a little bit more. Okay. One more thing about shopping, because this is the season we're in. Listen, capitalism, woo! At least when capitalism is benefiting smashing the patriarchy, it kind of like undoes capitalism. Is that how it works? Cool. Uh, Listen, I have a new store. Me, Kristen, I have a new store. Uh, It's called Gay Stuff by Kristen, because that's basically my life. That's going to be the title of my memoir as well. Uh, There's a new color combination of my Queer and Forever Here t-shirt in the store. There's a new Queer and Forever Here enamel pin, a gorgeous safe space sticker designed by who else but our favorite artist, Isabella Rotman, who has designed three things, I think, in this rundown. Uh, And there's also some copies of my book, This is a Book for Parents of Gay Kids, which are signed by me. Everything in my store will be 15% off through Sunday, and you can find my store by going to kristinnoline.com, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E.com. Just click on shop there, and you can find the gay stuff. And guess what? Still on Hello Merch, so you can put gay stuff, angel stuff, buffering stuff, all in your cart. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be beautiful. Oh, wow. We did it. We talked about all of the things you should buy. However, we didn't talk about gifts, and you should know. Scoobies. Our patrons are amazing. You know this. Many of you are those amazing patrons. Last year, for the first time ever, our patrons organized a holiday gift exchange. It was like a secret Scooby. I'm calling it secret Scoobies. I don't actually know if that's the official name. They're doing this for the second year in a row now. And so you sign up and you get matched with somebody and they're your secret Scooby and you can see their little wish list and you buy each other gifts and you send them across the country or the world. You can opt in or out for international uh, mailing. And it's really, really fun. Jenny and I both sign up um, for the secret Scooby swap. I'm just going to keep extending the name. Uh, So you also might be matched with one of us as your secret Scooby. It's really fun and registrations are open through November 23rd. So all you need to do to be a part of that is become a patron at any level. Our dollar patrons uh, up to our $25 patrons all have the same access to that. They're also doing a Jola Boca Flood. A Jola Boca Flood book exchange. It translates to Yule Book Flood. It's an Icelandic tradition of giving your loved ones a book as a gift to read on Christmas Eve. And so that book exchange is also happening in the Patreon land. It's all so cool. You're all so wonderful. Oh, I love you very much. So does Jenny. We love you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I really need to make my way through the news 
because otherwise we're never going to get to the episode. Uh, London, London, listen up. We are coming for you. This is the last episode we're airing before we're going to get on a plane and fly to you to be a part of the Vampire Ball. That's November 30th to December 2nd, and the last day to get your tickets is November 23rd. For those of you who cannot afford to go to the ball, we get it. We get it. We're doing a meetup because we want to see your faces, all of your faces. So on November 28th at 5.30 p.m., your time, whatever time, GMT, I think is your time, 5.30 p.m. at a bar, a pub, excuse me, called Tap on the Line. It's off the Kew Garden stop. Uh, it's hard to talk about this because I'm not from the UK, but you get it. All the information is on our calendar, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on it. You can find the meetup information there. November 28th, London, come and meet with us. Whether or not you're going to the Vampire Ball, we would love to see you. Seattle, of course, we're coming to you January 19th and 20th for PodCon. And Seattle Scoobies who can't make it out to PodCon, we're hoping to do a meetup on Monday, the 21st of January in the early afternoon. So stay tuned for details on that, but put a little pin in it. Okay, we are getting so close to the end of my news, but isn't it all fun news? It's pretty fun. Uh, before we get to the end, I have two more things. One, I want to give a special shout out to Lauren Klein, who we are so thankful for. Lauren does the sound engineering on all of our episodes and also does so much of the editing work here with us. She is the best. Go give her a follow on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R-K-L-E-I-N. Tell her how much she means to you, because you know what? She means a lot to us. We know that many of you are heading into long weekends with family, and for some, that might be wonderful. For others, it might be really tough. So this is just a friendly reminder that all of us are out here, okay? There are so many of us out here who love you, who believe in you, and who are out here and will continue to be out here fighting the good fight and smashing the patriarchy to little tiny bits. Uh, instead of leaving you by wishing you a happy Thanksgiving, and if you need the reasoning uh, of why I might not want to end this by wishing you a happy Thanksgiving, you can listen to our episode on pangs. I would like to take this opportunity to instead wish one Jenny Owen Young's a very happy birthday. The day of Thanksgiving is Jenny Owen Young's day of birth. So please go and shower her in birthday love over on her Twitter or her Instagram at Jenny Owen Young's. Remind her also that not only do you wish her all of the birthday love in the world, but that for the next 25 days, she is the same age as me. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And this week we're talking about season four, episode 12, A New Man. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we're discussing. And if you haven't yet started listening to our Angel podcast, Angel on Top, hosted by Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach, what indeed are you doing? What indeed? Ah, you can very easily be listening to that. We encourage it. A New Man was written by Jane Espenson and directed by Michael Gershman and originally aired on January 25th in the year of our Lord, 2000. Yes, and this is the one where 
Ethan Rain returns to town and transforms Giles into a demon. Spike is the only one who can help. <laughs> yeah, this is the one where there's like lots and lots and lots of sexual tension between Giles and Ethan Rain again. And so, of course, this is also the one where we are rejoined, reunited, and it feels so good once more with Kate Hello. Hello. Okay. Hi. It's me. Uh, the last time we <laughs> heard from you, Kate, you were um, tantalizing our ears with your hush fashion watch. Mm. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. I called it, uh, I, I defined ASMR because I didn't understand exactly what it was as oh. ear sex. Jenny told me maybe that was not I mean, listen, there's, I could go on and on, but <laughs> ASMR is its own thing that I'm very passionate about. So I uh-huh. hope uh, those of you who enjoyed it, enjoyed it. And uh, those of you who are like, what the hell is happening? Looked it up and maybe learned something new. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, it's been 1,000 years since mm-hmm. we were all last together in a room yeah. taping an episode. Mm-hmm. What was the last episode we taped together in a room? Uh, was it Band Candy? Yeah. Yes. It was Band Candy. Yeah. All the way back in season three. <sighs> that was a long time it ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it was a very long time ago. <laughs> We've missed you. I've missed you too. I'm so glad to be back on another Giles-centric episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really becoming your thing now. We're it, have I'm to... not opposed to it at all. <laughs> uh, also, not only is it a Giles and Ethan Rain episode, mm. but the previously on jumps, literally the first shot in the previously on is Willow and Tara's fingers intertwined. Oh, Dude, yeah. it's oh, so yeah. much. Mm, I haven't been here. I've just, it's, oh. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) Where are we going? Have you ever intertwined your fingers like that with someone, with like a friend? Yeah, of course. Obviously. Just your friends. Yeah, just your pal from Wicca Group. My gal pal from (laughs) Wicca Group. That you like to do spells with. I will tell you that for several years in my youth, I wore my hair with that zigzag part. Oh, Uh I know that I did. Uh Yeah, of course you did. I know that you did. (laughs) Did you use like the back end of a comb to do the zigzags? Yes. Yeah, one of those like skinny combs. Yeah. I became an expert at it. It. So good. You know, it was like the the ultimate 90s, although I guess we're in the early aughts now, but the ultimate 90s zigzag, I think, was when you do a zigzag part and you do what I call duty balls on either side, like the little bun ponytail. Oh, yeah. I would do it with pigtails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, same effect, mm-hmm. general effect. Mm-hmm. Yes. For sure. Or with like a very small, like ringer tee and then like mm-hmm. big, big jeans. Like some yes. kind of choker. And a choker. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Can you tell that everyone in this room like really knows what they're talking about with 90s fashion? If there's one thing I know about, it's 90s fashion. Uh, just also for a visual for everyone, uh, since you can't see Kate, Kate is oh my God. in a Halloween velvet, an orange velour? velvet velour. It's, yeah, it's velour. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I know the difference. <laughs> It's stretchy, so it's velour. That's how you know. Uh, wow. You, you... Non-stretchy is velvet. Stretchy mm-hmm. is velour. So it's an orange velour dress. Oh, yes. That has moons, stars, bats, and I feel like I'm like not... Swirlies. And swirlies. Yeah, I think that's the extent of it. It's, when describing it, it doesn't... I don't feel like I did it It's justice. a Halloween dress, goddammit. It's God a damn Halloween it. dress. I, we can take a picture. And, oh, we're and, taking a picture. Yeah. We're definitely taking a picture. Dangling candy yes. corn earrings. Yep. Yes. And... Black boots that are composed all of black cats with yellow eyes, mm-hmm. and a couple of them are sticking their little pink tongues out. And those were a birthday gift from my mom, Thanks, who is Kate. the Thanks, best. Kate's mom. <laughs> she also got me my skull backpack, my Betsy Johnson one that I have. She has the best taste. She knows what you like. There's a reason that I love fashion so much. Yeah. <laughs> 
So shall we get into this episode? Or yes, what? yes, yes. Here's the thing. Now that we have a new segment called "How Big Are Riley's Hands Compared to Buffy's Body Watch," um, <laughs> it just it just began. Okay, okay, great, great, good. Here we see uh, Riley, who is just kind of like too big for a dorm twin bed. Yeah, he's also. What they make dorm beds extra long. Do you remember that I was shit? so sure just now that you were going to say Riley, who is just two big planks of wood. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, was really like, yeah, one plank of wood. That's to describe it. <laughs> like a top plank and a bottom plank? Like Just we're... two side by side. <laughs> like, that's it. Stapled together. Nice. For sturdiness. Well, they're just making out in a dorm bed at pastime, which you may or may not have engaged in. Yeah. Uh, did I? Yes, I did. I did not go to a school that had dorm beds, but I did make out in some dorm Uh, beds. Oh, hell yeah. You found a way. I went. I traveled. Well, Jenny, finish your thought, but I do have a question about making out in dorms. Please. Well, I just, when I watched this, I thought, like, did you all have, it sounds like you didn't have a dorm bed experience of your own, but did you interface with systems to notify roommates to not come in? Because, like, I've heard talk of this. Okay, so I was really lucky, and the only person, so I, I tried to make it sound like I was very salacious, but it was in one monogamous relationship. <laughs> um, when I was in my first year of university, my boyfriend at the time went to a school that was like a two-hour bus ride away, and so that was part of why we broke up, was because we were both broke and couldn't mm-hmm. take the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, everyone in their residency, residency, that's like a med school, their residence, <laughs> Um, whatever. Their dorm house. <laughs> Can you tell I didn't go to a real college? <laughs> You're like the place with kids. The, coll- the, the collegiate the hut. Students. So everyone had a roommate except he didn't. The roommate he got assigned didn't show up for whatever reason. Nice. So for several months he had a dorm room to himself and he could push the two dorm beds together and it was like oh, hell yeah. luxury. But luxury. then right as we were like well maybe we should break up the roommate appeared he just started coming to school in like the last month of the semester. Wow. So we were like, let's take this as a sign. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can't afford bus tickets and you have a roommate now. Yeah. So moving on to greener pastures. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have systems, Jenny? I think like um, I everything kind of timed out in such a way that like when I did have a roommate, I either was seeing somebody who had their own like single mm. or I like moved into the same apartment as the person I was dating and I was in the double classic. and they were in the single, mm. like, oh, classic. <laughs> yeah, so I never had to, like, put a sock on a doorknob or anything. I did, however, once... Is this a story I should tell? Yes, yes. now it is. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I was engaged... Oh, God. I wish that I could melt into the Jenny, wall. I'm, I'm going to be just here for all the visual needs that you have. Jenny has leaned up against a wall. Her face is bright red, and she's trying to... You know that, like gif of homer simpson when he like falls back yeah, into back the bush into the shrubs. <laughs> somehow seated upright and fetal position <laughs> yes. yeah so whatever i had a girlfriend in college lock me up and we were having sex <laughs> sue me whatever and we but we were having uh, <clears throat> um she was um sometimes you know in a close quarter living situation People can hear things through the wall. Yes. And this person was a very expressive person. (laughs) (laughs) And on this particular day... Oh, God. I'm sorry. Like, the story is just, like, whatever. It's just you telling it. It's everything. It's so The day in question... 
The on the day in question, uh, the girl who was in the single next to hers, it was just so fun. It was ridiculous. I was like, wow, I wish this was not so loud. And she was like yelling up a storm and the person in the next room just was like screaming at her to like shut up and like threw a shoe against the wall. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh. Wow. Thank That's you beautiful. for telling us. You're going to take yeah. that out, right? <laughs> Never. I'm going to make that its own episode. I'm making that my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> just someone calls me, just starts with, uh, well. <laughs> she was very expressive. <laughs> so anyway yeah. Riley and Buffy mm-hmm. are making out in bed in and Riley's hand is huge right. on Sarah Michelle Gellar's tiny body once she's again she's so small yeah she's so small his hands are so big his hands are like two planks of wood yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh and and then of course Willow walks in luckily mm-hmm. they're clothed um and not being expressive uh, and and it's like there's a there's a bad thing. You gotta come now. Quick. Help! Vampires don't breathe fire. Like, bitch, we know. You <laughs> could just say no. It's not a vampire. Honestly, it's the first time Willow has ever had an excuse that wasn't just looking blankly at and panic. So gotta I'm go. Like, yeah, that's true. She prepared for this. She moment. prepared a lie at she per did. our requests. <laughs> yes. Uh, and of course, then we learn it's Buffy's birthday. Whee! Oh my god. To which I say, where's Cordelia? Ugh. Like, what's a fucking surprise party for Buffy without Cordelia popping out from oh, behind? Oh, true. Look, I have a lot of feelings about this season, <laughs> but the just startling lack of Cordelia is—it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. Sad. We met, we talked a little bit about how like Joss apparently felt like Spike was gonna be able to like fill the role of the person who was just rude, you know, just outright rude. I'm just like slowly shaking yeah. my head, realizing <laughs> that doesn't like, register no. on a podcast. <laughs> Cordelia substitutes. No. Okay, so, right. It's Buffy's birthday, and then we go to the credits. And then... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then oh, we're at a party! Poor Giles! Giles? Imagine being so... Giles at a college party. It's just so... Full of, like, a bunch of kids we have never seen before and we'll never see again. Yeah, yeah. and we know right. that Willow, Xander, Buffy, and Anya are not friends with any of those people. They no. try to explain it away when they're like, well, it's like a bunch of Riley's friends and, like, like is whatever. It? But, like, Does yeah, he have friends that are... He has, he has, he two, has yeah. two friends. Graham and Forrest. But they are also... In the commandos, right? Yeah. But I'm not. I'm saying like he doesn't have civilian friends. Oh no, right. gosh, right? No. <laughs> no one in either camp has any civilian. I think these people friends. just showed up for the free food, maybe. Uh, yeah. Which would be it's more college. Believable. College, yeah. yes. I've you done hear that. free pizza and mm-hmm. you go to wherever. That's how exactly. people used to like get you to join cl- on campus. Oh clubs. yeah, or go to their recital. Right. Two huge jugs of Carlo Rossi wine. Oh wow, <laughs> sounds really specific, Jenny. <laughs> What's the <laughs> most? Wine bang for your college buck. Yo, my dad just told me this story about what is it? Carlo Rossi? Carlo Rossi wine that he had. So, my dad's Italian and he has a bunch of Italian relatives. And apparently, one of his aunts would take, would buy a jug of that wine, dump half of it out, fill it with, I think, vodka or some other kind of grain, some kind of giant alcohol, and then put it in the closet and leave it in the dark for like a month. And then would serve it to people as wine, but everybody would get so drunk because it was way more strong than wine. What in the hell? Just telling you. Wow. Anyway, 
Giles is at this party. Don't try that at home. Yeah. Please yeah. don't. The, don't. Um, but I was impressed with like this former relative of mine being so um, crafty, thrifty, yeah, genius. <laughs> um, yeah, there's all this like, wow, this is my boyfriend Riley that you totally didn't know about, and then there's yeah. all this. Professor Walsh says this. Professor Walsh says that. Sh- you have to meet her. She's the smartest person I've ever met. How dare you? I told you in hush that Buffy had feelings for Professor Walsh, <laughs> and I believe that it is confirmed in this episode. She's got. I mean, there's yeah, probably some mommy energy there. <laughs> Mommy with two M's and an I. Yes, of course. Obviously. For the for the uninitiated uh, M-O-M-M-I, yeah. uh, you can go on over to Autostraddle and find They'll out what a mommy is. They'll tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, if you need to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Giles begins his jealousy, uh, <laughs> in the most enjoyable jealousy, uh, Giles v. Professor Walsh. I will say that, you know, from a Fashion Watch perspective, it's so underlined in this episode and it's like this subtle thing, but Giles is wearing jeans and Giles like never wears jeans yeah, and it makes him look even more like a weird out of place uncle. Yeah. He also pulled the tweed back out. Yeah. But not, I don't know. He's not wearing like collared shirts or like the the good stuff. I know that he's like retiree. Don't say he's retired, but. <laughs> <laughs> he's Giles. between projects, please. He's between projects at the moment. Oh, so it, watching it is so painful. Yeah, yeah. it really So many painful sucks. points of this episode. He, he tries to, like at the start of the scene, he like tries to be like, I remember this reminds me of like that yeah. prank, crazy prank I did and no one's paying attention to him. Nobody even acknowledges that like he's just as old as Professor Walsh and so they shouldn't be making these comments. Oh, my God. But it's, like, so weird. Imagine being, you know, one of Riley's friends. <laughs> one of those people there that's Riley's close friend. And you're like, oh, wow, everyone here is the same age as us, except for this guy who's Buffy's Who former librarian. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. is he here? Which, like, right. It's like parents don't go to college parties. No, they How don't. It's very strange. Oh, I feel like Giles should have had the presence of mind, maybe, to not go to this party. But maybe he's lonely. Oh, maybe no. he didn't know it was going to be an extended group of people. That's maybe he thought, yeah. he thought it was going to be a Scooby Intimate. shindig. Yeah, the yeah. last time they threw Buffy a surprise party, there were five people. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Exactly. Uh, also, not to like corral you into fashion, I, I you don't have to go there, but I did write down that Xander is in a sweater vest and that we meet. Uh, maybe we've seen Riley in a turtleneck, but it just feels very oh present to me. It scene. is... Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's not a lot to say about Riley in terms of fashion watch. I I mean, I, I feel like I ex- acknowledged Xander for the first time recently and was like, oh, that was a sort of nice shirt he was wearing. Yeah. Um, that's the most I can do. It, Riley is, he's just, yeah. just bread. I don't know. Yeah. Not even toast. I've, it's hard. <laughs> Cardboard, white bread. Yes. Yeah. I, he's fine. He's fine. But yeah, the turtleneck is is really something. <sighs> Sorry, Jenny. Was that hard for you hearing two I'm people fine. in the same room? Oh, I've spent my whole life hearing people talk trash about <laughs> Riley. And Look, I've dated Riley's. I have... It's... Fine. He's not the worst. In there are some moments where I genuinely feel for him. I think it's just he's so he's so associated with a lot of things in this season that I do not love. Right. <laughs> not in terms of being offended by that. They're just boring. Right. And yep, yep, and yep. he's not some of other the other paramours of Buffy that are a lot more interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Totally. 
So, oh, before we leave the party, I just want to say I think it's really cute that Xander is teaching Anya how to have tact. Like, yeah. That, that oh they, God. like, have this little practice banter. Where he's like, <laughs> remember what we talked about? And she's like, right. <clears throat> uh, so Please, continue more. with your story. Right, right. And looks at him, like, for approval. <laughs> <laughs> so Spike is moving out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to get a crypt or dank hole somewhere. He's yeah. very excited about it. Uh, Anya once again trying to be a human, adapt, yeah. uh, and yeah, be a person. To the tradition, trying to give Spike a lamp. <laughs> I love Anya so much. I mean, she's one of my favorite characters of the whole series, and it's so exciting. It is. It is like yeah, one of the definite up points of this season is more Anya. Yes, always yeah. more Anya yes. is always a good thing. Truly, and I love this conversation because it's so practical <laughs> when she's like. But you're not going to have like running water and electricity and any of the things that you have come, all of the <laughs> perks you've come to right. know in Xander's basement. And he's like, that's a really good point. Oh, and I like, love this conversation. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> I enjoy like because these characters, you know, Spike is just sort of like newly in the gang and Anya is still fairly new to the gang. And I love the moments like these because we see their like little relationship starting to grow like. Who is Anya to Spike? Who is Spike to Anya? Wow. Where will it go? You know? Anyway, then we go to fucking Walsh's office. Oh, boy. And get a great wordplay from Buffy. <laughs> oh, I it was the first thing I wrote down because I have used it. I, I don't remember what comic I put it in, but I definitely oh, really? wrote that into a comic somewhere, the You Are Myth Taken. <laughs> it is one of my favorite puns in the history of time. And yeah. it. Obviously, Jane Espenson. I mean, I having become a writer of of TV only in the last couple of years, I have fallen completely in love with Jane Espenson yeah. and gone back and rewatched her episodes and been like, oh my god, she's so good. She's so good. She is. Yeah, you have a more inside baseball knowledge of of how good she is. She's so good. She's real good. Yeah, her oh, batting wow. average is is very. I don't know sports. That analogy died on the table, but I think she's very good. And anyway, yes, that is one of my favorite lines. And Sarah Michelle Geller does a great delivery. It's so these, cute. Right? It's like, because you can so blow cute. that. You could blow oh, yeah. that delivery big time. I yes. would blow it. And she does not. She delivers it very well, makes us all laugh. And then, and then of course, uh, we sort of like, oh, what's the groan? Then we find out that um, Riley has killed 17 whole demons. Oh, boy. vampires and six demons for old Riley. How many? Riley. hostels for you, Buffy. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> get ready to get embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> and that puts us like into this, which I find very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're like paralleling the how many people have you slept with, how yeah. many people have you slept with conversation, which many of us have in the start of a new relationship. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, Buffy's just like off the charts. Yeah. And Riley is feeling uh, a little self-conscious. As as he, well, no, I'm not going to say as he should. I have a lot of feelings about Riley's feelings towards Buffy's uh, power, but yeah, we'll talk this... about it more. And it definitely comes up in this episode. It really does. I have a, a jingle at the ready oh. for Riley in this episode with with uh, related to this topic. <laughs> um, but you know where we should go right now, Kate, is that I like squealed for you and me mm. and all of us. But mm. Giles has a fucking feather duster in his teeth. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, that's a moment. Right? Uh, 
It is just so nonchalant. It's just so chill, but like, you know, just dusting his like leather bound volumes. <laughs> What's up? And I love, I, look, this scene is so funny to me because it's, it's just like, it's forced in this weird way. This episode is, I mean, I love, I love Jane. Right. right. Die for Jane. It's a, <laughs> it's a strangely uneven episode. And there are a lot of moments where things are like, this this was scripted. This doesn't feel very natural. Right. And this moment specifically where he's like, oh, I'm just going to be dusting my volumes, this thing no one's ever seen me do before. And then be like, wait a minute, I should check this book. Wait a minute, this day is about to happen on this yeah. specific page. It's like, what made you think of that, my dude? Yeah. Were you, did you see the volume and you were like, oh, I remember six years ago when it said this prophecy was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Right. It's very funny to me. Uh, I think the scene was, they, they probably had like a, a really great way, like Jane probably had this really great way of getting there, but oh, then I'm they sure. were like, but we could have Giles dust his books and then put a feather duster in his teeth. If yeah, we do just it specifically for Kate Leth. Yeah. <laughs> 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 also, practicality of a feather duster, anyone? Like, it just doesn't seem like it would be effective to me. I mean, I don't know if this was a, I mean, it was a pre-Swiffer era. Yeah. So, I mean, I have one of those that has, like, the long handle on it to get... The Swiffer. The Swiffer thing. Handle. Yeah, to get but the tops of bookshelves and such. I just such. feel like a feather would just move shit around. I don't know. But maybe yeah, it's have, really unclear. Maybe we have some feather experts listening who Probably. know a thing or two. <laughs> Almost, Almost certainly. certainly. <laughs> <sighs> so. so, then we, like, see Riley and Buffy talking, and he's all like, you have a lot of experience and then he's like <laughs> i'm not even sure that i could take you Oof. and then buffy is like depends on your meaning mm -hmm. yeah these two really need to do it yeah they yeah. need to just like they work some stuff stop out talking real quick. about it and do it <laughs> but yeah this also begins i think what you were referencing just a moment ago kate of riley just being like I mean, you know, like, you seem really tough. Like, I mean, I might not even be able to yeah. fight you. Like, yeah, dude, you can. You definitely you can. Definitely She's can. definitely the chosen one. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure you lift, but she is. <laughs> I do love when he says I, like, suddenly find myself having to oh, yeah. what, think of, discover the, the plural of apocalypse yeah. or whatever it is that yes. he says. And it's like. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. does like, you know, to jump around, but like he does eventually get to get it and get yeah. to it, it seems, at least in this episode. Mm -hmm. But boy, does he struggle. Yeah. You know why he struggles, everyone? It's because of the. <gasps> the patriarchy! <laughs> well, speaking of struggling. Yes, it is yeah. really rough to watch Giles bust all up into uh, Professor Walsh's this room with the Greek myth references. Being this like, is, I've heard you were smart. This is one of the most uncomfortable scenes in the whole show. Yeah. When like when this episode started and I knew it was coming, I had an internal cringe that just gradually built mm -hmm. until he entered her office, and I was like, Oh God, I am gonna have to watch this again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen it maybe ten times, and it is just as painful every time because he is not doing well no. in this one 
And like, I am definitely not a major fan of Professor Walsh, yeah. but like, but I, I get where she's coming from. Yeah, she's like, my man, step off. Yeah. Like, but like, and she's very like, you know, she's really icing him. And mm -hmm. I was like, kind of, I mean, I, I, I mean, the thing is, if you take it as like an isolated, if you remove all context, yes. if you are Professor Walsh and some dude who's like your age comes into your office and is like, I'm yeah. looking for Buffy, we're friends. Yeah. He. It, I would be very icy to him, too. Yeah. yeah. He's like this guy that used to come into Borders Books and Music when I worked there, who was, like, when I was in college, this, like, guy who was, like, maybe, like, 50, and he was all, like, you're an old soul and, like, brought oh, me classical records to God. listen to. Ugh. Like, that is the vibe of this exchange. Yeah. It's, it doesn't look great. No. It's, it's... No. And in that moment, it's like, oh, she's being protective of Buffy. I, I get it. But she doesn't know the context. Right. I mean... Because he, at this point, doesn't know about what her deal is. Right. He doesn't know that she yeah. knows Buffy's a slayer. Because if he'd come in and been like, oh, I was her watcher, then she would have been like, oh, chill. I get it. Right. I mean, also, why are you still hanging around, though? Yeah. yeah. But of course, he's <laughs> get a like, job. I'm her friend and her former yeah. high school librarian. Yeah, and I'm just come still on. here. <laughs> but also, Walsh is like, mm, she's self-reliant and independent. Not always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, Walsh is a, I mean, I, you know, Walsh is a pain in the ass. Like, yeah, I but, don't. She's, she's and and then she busts but... out the absence of a male role model. Right to his face. Like, Clearly just lacks a strong so... father figure. How dare you, madam? Oof. Do you think that she, like, are we sure she doesn't know? Like, it's starting, it feels intentional by the end, yeah, right? It's yeah, it's so intense. And it's been, he's only been in the room, like, a minute. Like, yeah. it just does seem very intense for her not to know anything. But yeah, I, I mean, is, is she saying that in, in the context of, like, I don't know who you are, but if, like, someone like this is in Buffy's life, maybe it's because she has a lack of a strong male role model or oh, something. Yeah, I don't know. That could be, but it's also just, like, Ooh. cold as ice. Yes. Cold as ice. And, yeah, very painful to watch. Whew. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So, of course, then we go to the cemetery. Mm. And because Giles is just like, I can't fucking find. This is like the first time that no one can find a person. Like, without cell phones. It's amazing how much they find each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He hasn't found Buffy. And they go to the, you know, mausoleum, third mausoleum from the right today. And they go in there and, you know, they, there's no risen anything. And they're like, great, great, great. I love how it's always the same mausoleum. Right? It's like yeah. so easy to tell that it's the same one. Because <laughs> it's, the, it's the same place where they're like uh, uh, fighting the, the demons when Willow has her will done. It's yeah. like the same mausoleum. Totally. Very clearly. They might, I wondered if like, do they move an urn around? Right. Maybe. Like sometimes there's like a tomb. Yeah. And like this time there wasn't a yeah. tomb. But yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been in this mausoleum. Before. Uh, and then, of course, it's revealed that Riley is one of the army dudes and yeah. fucking no one told Giles. So Oof. rough. It's a bad day for Giles. Oof. Truly, it just gets worse. <laughs> it just gets well, worse. Oh, my God. It gets Tomorrow a little better worse. before it gets worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but right. And so, you know, he's like Spike new. Like, that's like the final straw. Oh, my him. God. And also he finds out Professor Walsh is in charge of the initiative. And he says, that fish wife? Yes. <laughs> he does. What an insult. Which prompted me to, I didn't know where that came from. So I looked it up. Does everybody know? Like, I don't. Wh- I don't. So a fish wife is like, it's defined as a coarse mannered woman who is prone to shouting. No. Which is not accurate because Walsh didn't shout at all. She doesn't. FYI. But um, I looked a little bit further, and a fishwife, all other terms for fishwife are fish fag or fish lass. <gasps> oh. Sorry, everyone, but you know. Rough. Uh, it's a woman who sells fish. In this context, the word wife means woman rather than a married woman, and the usage stems from Old English. Uh, it's similar to the German, also meaning woman. Anyway, wow. often the wives and daughters of fishermen, fishwives, were notoriously loud and foul-mouthed. To swear like a fishwife is like a phrase that people would use. Uh, One reason for their outspokenness is that their wares were highly perishable and so lost value if not sold quickly. Honestly, it sounds like goals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I thought it was really interesting that Entrepreneurs, they're outspoken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like, right, I, I copied that little segment because like by the time I got to the end, I was like, this is so typical. Like, here are these women that have to like sell these fish. And so they're being loud because they have to sell the fact like there's a purpose for it. Mm-hmm. But the context of that is like totally washed away. And they're just like these loud women being loud and rowdy. Mm-hmm. Just so typical. We already played the jingle, but you get it. You get it. <laughs> I'm glad to know. Um, anyway, thank you for letting me go on that fishwife detour when we all know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Giles sends Xander and Willow home. 
then Giles is like, ugh, what am I doing? And he leaves and he's like, nothing's going to happen. And then from the shadows <laughs> emerges <laughs> a reedy figure with an accent who's all like, actually, mm, things are about to get very interesting. Here's my dark villain monologue. Ma, ma, ma. And then Giles comes back and is like, is somebody in here? And he goes, oh, bugger, I thought you'd gone. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite deliveries. This episode has a lot of really good lines, but that one is, that little moment is so good. This is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan yeah. Rain, keeping the silk shirt industry alive. Oh, oh my Lord. God. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to get to a later silk shirt event. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Event. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ethan, okay, the way that Giles says Ethan Rain, I got mm. like, I wrote, listen, I don't know why I got so dramatic in my notes, but I wrote, Ethan Rain speaketh Giles as a long-lost love would. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. That's a normal thing to say. About as normal as fishwife. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. I had been reading about fishwives right mm-hmm. before I wrote that note. Uh, uh, then they then they begin to wrestle. Yes, but before they begin, Giles says, you have no idea how much threshing you is going to improve my day. Right? To which I raise my eyebrows at a loud volume. <laughs> Heavens. So then they go to the pub. Oh, yeah. And they get shit-faced. I love this. Gi- like, Anthony Stewart Head plays a good drunk. Yeah. It's it's something I always notice in shows is can an actor actually play drunk mm-hmm. convincingly? Because when someone doesn't, it's so bad, staggeringly obvious yeah. that they're not staggering. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and his is great. Yeah. So is Ethan's because it's like he's keeping it together, but he's definitely a little a little loose. <laughs> they are just having they're having so much fun. Oh yeah. my god. I love this pub, this bar that we've like never seen. Yeah, we've yeah. seen a couple of like we've seen a couple of places lately that are very new to the yeah. Sunnydale universe. It's exciting to move off of just the espresso pump. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know where the adults go. Yeah. No, it's great. So Rain, you know, Ethan Rain is like, there's this three one four situation, and I'm like, I want to tell you about what does it. it mean? Yeah, what is it? What could it be? It's gonna uh, be a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little ASMR on oh. right there. <laughs> um, and there's like just some lines in this scene, like we're just a couple of old mystics, right? Oh my god, get a room! And then like, (sighs) they get drunk and like, Giles Giles is like, I'm twice the man she is. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, okay, later on in the same scene, fucking like when we come back and they're actually really drunk, Ethan's like, you're very attractive, right? And it seems like he's talking to Giles, 100%. Giles thinks he's talking to him. He's like, what? Like, he's not, like, confi- you know what I mean? It's, like, a thing. It's a moment. There's so, it's such a thing between the two of them. The way Ethan Rain says, Ripper, is, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's its own fan fiction prompt. Like, it's all you Truly. need. <laughs> oh, Truly. my God. Also, later, like, at the end of the scene, I think, Ethan, like, is, like, looking right into Giles's eyes, and he's like, we're a couple of sorcerers. The night is still our time. Yes! Meaningful eye contact. The night is still our time <laughs> to for fuck. magic, is what he <laughs> Magic fucking. Yeah, to, yeah. To, to magic. <laughs> and then they do shots on top of the two beers they both have. And yes. I was watching it, and I was like, you guys need to stop. Yeah, you slow down, much. gentlemen. Yeah. There's an impending apocalypse, <laughs> as usual. Get some water. <laughs> 
Uh, also, Giles does give a nod to the fact that he's an unemployed librarian with a penchant yes. for getting knocked on the head. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Which nice. Which is not aware, wrong. Self-aware mm-hmm. of, of his role. Um, but meanwhile, Buffy has re redonned the white fuzzy sweater that she put on to go into the sewers oh, yeah. in I Will Remember You. Oh, yeah. uh, She loves wearing it in the sewers. She loves wearing it to spar. Mm-hmm. And she also has like a farm headscarf thing going on. Yeah, I knew we were coming back to this scene because I wrote, Buffy's terrible kerchief. Why? <laughs> Why? It like I also wore that kerchief yeah. at the same time as I had the zigzag of course, part in my hair. Of I, like, there's so many things that I was like, I want to look like Buffy, even though I'm pretty sure this is a bad look. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but I distinctly remember having one that's like, it's like a headband with a kerchief attached to it. So right. it's not even a real yeah. kerchief. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. I think we Jenny and I fell in the real kerchief. Or did you never wear a kerchief? A kerchief. A, a bandana. I mean, if you like roll it up and like put it around your head. Hell yeah, like a headband. Yeah. Like I not still, like your kind I of still headband. Do that. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, not like a lady headband. <laughs> wow, a lady yeah. headband goes under the back of your hair. And yeah, you wear a Rambo headband. Like, yes, like exactly. Naruto. Menudo. <laughs> Ren- no, I said Naruto, <laughs> which was my uh, yeah, dorky anime reference. Um, they have the headbands that. I was like, anyway, it's Menudo fine. wear <laughs> bandana headband. <laughs> the mashup we never knew we needed. Oh. So Anyhow. like they're they're Time fighting to fight yeah sexually mm. yeah, yeah everybody of... loves to do a little foreplay uh, listen there's sparring. tension in every episode if you look for it but this episode <laughs> mm-hmm. it's got its fair share it does a lot of fighting when there should be fucking yeah yeah because I, mean? <laughs> I mean it's fine um, <laughs> yeah this part is uh, listen I did karate as a kid oh. because I was a kid in the nineties yeah. and that's what you do sure yep um. And I definitely remember exchanges like this of dudes being like, oh, you and I mean, I was 10. So there was the tension was not there, but it was a similar thread of like, oh, I'm sure that like for a girl, you're fairly strong, yeah. you know, give me all you've got. And Ugh. then the like, oh, God, did you break my rib because yeah. we're children and you kicked me in the chest? <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, and he just Riley just fucking flies across the room. He flies across. It's so good. It is. I'm I'm going to give the shit out of that Mm. moment for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so now can I get to the witches or what? Yes. Because this is the first time I officially get to talk about them with you. Yes, it is. And and so in Hush, Jenny and I talked about how it was really groundbreaking that um, for the first time, everyone knew what lesbian sex was, that moving a vending machine. Yeah. With your mind. Yeah. And what I am just amazed at is that not only did they see that, but they knew that the next level of lesbian sex was removing every petal from a rose. I can't (laughs) just like how obvious it is, is so out of control. (laughs) And I was thinking back to the the episode where Riley's hanging the Lesbian Alliance banner. Hell yeah. And it's like, oh, they they knew like from the start of the season, they were they were laying the groundwork of like, hey, we're we're aware of the word lesbian now. (laughs) We just heard about it and we are getting into it. We heard that they do witchcraft. (laughs) Hell yeah. So we just have to make sure that like our, we're in tune and, right. and probably perfectly in sync. And Let's Tara's just like, hold hands again. Cool. What could this be? What could this be? Yeah, analyzing. I don't, I don't know. know. It's 
so hard to tell. Oh, I don't really think of anything. We should ask somebody queer. They would probably know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too bad we don't know anyone. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this is wild. Like, if I was interested, okay, listen, I know the queer tradition of like you're on a date, you've already moved in with someone, you're making out, and you're still like, do they like me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are they interested in me? I can't tell. <laughs> totally. But. I think I would have a hard time not being convinced by, hey, we're going to do this spell where we have to levitate a rose and like pluck its petals off and while we hold hands and like synchronize our magic. I'd be like, ah! I think she might be into me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> and this is like, so Ethan Rain's magic, I guess, gets mm-hmm. in the way of this or whatever. Yes. Typical. A man's energy getting in the way of sweet sapphic love. You Although know I, mean? I will say I don't really understand how him giving a potion to Giles interfered with like Rose floating across town. It's it, oh wait, right? Ha! <laughs> I did not understand that, that that there was interference coming from Ethan Rain. Yeah, that, that's what's implied. Yeah, like, they're like there must be some magical. It's not. I don't know if it's the way that they they say it is not necessarily like the potion that he, that he's yeah. giving him but just that he's like in town and he's like a dark magic yeah maybe or the process I just felt like it would have to be something strong I don't know anyway whatever it's fine the rose flies across the room it does Tara Tara says the petals are off like yeah and and I want to say like because we we don't know Tara very well like no. we just met her she's you know she has a stutter she's not sure of herself in a lot of ways she's perfect she's perfect <laughs> you have a lot of Tara feeling I, oh my god okay. I'm holding back okay. I'm holding back I know <laughs> listen it's but but Tara in this moment where she makes this joke, like, well, mm-hmm. the fucking pedals are off. Yeah. It's like, con- like, it's the first like moment I think of like true confidence that I have seen from her. Yeah. And I'm like very here for it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, It's Tara, really good. Make that joke. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so then we're at Giles' house and- Oh um... my God, I've had this hangover. Have you had this hangover? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Where you break the banister right now. Oh, yeah. And the phone yeah. crumbles in your hand. And you look in the mirror and you're like, what is that? And he's like, Ethan. <laughs> um, my question is, how do his pants fit? Why do his pants I think it's a Hulk sort of uh, science uh, magic. Oh, his pants here. stretched with him yeah. while he transformed overnight. It's just specifically pants. Like, that's the science of it. Uh, right, right, right. It's just pants will stay fitting no matter right. what you transform off. into. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God you're here. I know. It's like, <laughs> if you didn't have me, what would you do? <laughs> oh, so we cut to the, well, Giles is a demon. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's kind of the scene summary, right? Anyone have yeah. any points to add? Well, there? <laughs> after he rips his shirt, he takes a page out of Spike's book. The old wear a blanket around town trick. I think people in Sunnydale are just so used to seeing (laughs) demonic creatures and or blanket wearing citizens. They're just strewn like, about. Eh, call nine one one. Yeah, I don't really know. Seems pretty normal. Also, this is like a great demon design for Giles. I. It's think. fun. It's really, yeah. It's very like, it's very Giles, especially with the blanket. Like, yeah. That the blanket was added. I feel like is what takes it to, just like yeah. There's Giles as a demon for sure. Yeah. Exactly what he would look like as a demon. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then we go to the cafeteria. Um, Willow is wearing a famous sweater. I oh think. my god! Uh, Wait, what kind of sweater is it? Was describe paint me a picture with your words? Okay, I can. Yes. It <laughs> is. So listen, I'm not entirely sure because I wasn't there when it was made. I think it's crocheted. It's either crocheted or knit because it's like loose knit because you can see there's spaces in between. Yeah. The the pieces of I, I'm pretty sure it's 
wool. Maybe it might be synthetic. Listen, <laughs> it's got stars on either of the boobs oh, that yeah. are different colors. The one on the right side has some threads coming out or her <laughs> her left, my right. And it has like a rainbow neckline. It's like lavendery blue and there's a rainbow underneath the two stars on the boobs. This sweater is burnt into my memory (laughs) because it is also when she lies about where she was last night. I was in the chem lab. Ah! By myself, definitely not doing any rose magic. (laughs) That's the gayest shit has gotten is Mm -hmm. her lying about where she was. That was the moment where I was like, oh, they're this is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you lying, Willow? Why are you lying? And then, you know, they have this whole conversation about Riley. Who cares about that when yeah, we have whatever. Uh, lesbian witches, really? <laughs> but yeah, you know, Buffy's sort of like, I was not giving it my all, and I still wasn't giving it my all. Oh my God, yeah. She was holding back a little still, even though she kicked him across the goddamn yeah. room. But Willow's like, yeah, you can't pretend you're less than who you are. I wrote that down. I said, you can't walk around pretending to be less than you are is a very good lesson to teach girls. Yeah. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yeah. anyone, but like, especially, I don't know, I there, I relate a lot to so many parts of, of this uh, conflict between Buffy and Riley where she's like playing down the fact that she's like a superhero and mm. you know not to be like oh, i'm amazing but i've definitely i mean i feel like so many people have been in relationships where it's like you play down your success or your ambition or your accomplishments because you don't want to uh, totally and yeah. i mean as women specifically it's like yeah. that's kind of what we're taught yeah to do. when you're dating guys especially guys who have like you know made made you understand that they're a little bit insecure and it's mm. rough it's so rough and i think you know this is one of those analogies that is done really well yeah. in in the show is like yeah he's whether he wants to admit it or not whether he's being outright like whiny and and you know all toxic masculinity about it which he's not really no <laughs> yeah he mostly holds it together i do really like that when she kicks him across the room and she's like is anything hurt he doesn't say like oh my pride which is the <laughs> obvious thing to say yeah. but he's just kind of like um i don't know like it's internal he's figuring it out so anyway, that's that's my little uh, rant. Yeah. But I do like I do like that lesson. Yeah, I I do too. I think that like I have moments with Riley in this episode for sure. But mm-hmm. overall, yeah, he's trying. He is trying to like to deal with what he's internalized. Yeah. And to like unpack that. Since- he's aware that you know how he's reacting is not perfect yes and he's trying to deal with it and like i'll give him some credit for that also like no matter who's doing it getting kicked across the room is a traumatic event (laughs) it's very painful yeah Yeah, so he has like a lot to sort through aside Mm -hmm. from just what we already just talked about totally yeah well giles first stop in his new demonic state where does he go xander's house perhaps because he's looking for a fruit punch from xander's mom Oh. Maybe. <laughs> wow. Maybe he's like, wait till Mrs. Harris gets a load of my new horns. <laughs> oh <my> Gross. <laughs> uh, but we we learned very quickly that, of course, uh, he's not speaking English, although he's perceiving himself to be uh, speaking English. Yeah, I he love can't that. Communicate I love with that. Yeah, such a great yeah. little tool. Because you, yeah, I mean, the first time I watched this episode, well, the second time, I guess, but the first time I watched it for this, I was, I totally forgot that he wasn't speaking in it's a really great language. yeah it's a really great uh detail yeah so they all get to giles's house and they're course. like oh a, a huge strong demon ripped this place apart which is accurate yeah mm-hmm. anya thinks that the demon is eating giles because his shirt is ripped in half <laughs> oh yeah um and then of course 
Spike becoming mm. handier and handier with each passing oh, episode. Hell yeah. Can speak Fioral. Yeah. <laughs> so knows it's child. I would like to nominate this moment for a distant second. Well, third, because we also have the witches. Um, <laughs> third uh, sexual tension moment between Fioral, uh, Giles, and Spike. Nice. Because yep. Yep, it's just on the list. specifically for the first moment when Spike's like, Giles and he's got the cigarette and he's like leaned up against the mausoleum and he's like is that you like oh I love what you've done with yourself (laughs) yeah he is sort of like I always knew you had it in you yeah he's very intrigued all right is it on the list sexual tension award record keepers yeah it was already on the list we were on the same page very much good good um also Spike takes one drag of that cigarette and then throws it away in this economy after he's just about, he's he's moving out, he's about to ask Giles for money, but he's just one drag and he's done. Yeah. I just still wonder what vampires get out of smoking cigarettes. Right. He looks cool. He looks cool. Yeah, yeah. and even with that. Uh, also, sorry, just to be very clear, you don't actually look cool when you're smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Spike does. but Yeah, Spike does, but you don't, so stop that. You're not a vampire. Listen, as a former smoker, mm-hmm. it's like, look, it, it looks cool, but it's terrible for it's you. Don't do it. It's terrible for you. But, but like also as a former smoker as well, it's not necessarily just about inhaling the nicotine. Like, it yeah. really, the habit of smoking the cigarette is a habit in and of itself. I'm sorry for everyone that's being super oh, triggered I by know. this moment. Shit. Don't smoke. And it's awful and bad. And, <laughs> and okay, rot. think about how the person who's going to make out with you is going to have to deal with your ashtray mouth. Yeah. Is that de incentivizing? Yeah. I'm sure Giles was thinking about that at that very moment. <laughs> I know. Giles was like, well, I would make out with you, Spike. Yeah. For, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Giles says to, of course, Spike, who's now getting paid for his efforts. Which I think is so great. Yeah. The best. The best. I love the, like... $100, you're going to have to do (laughs) a lot better. (laughs) $200. All right. (laughs) And Spike's, like, genuinely surprised. Like, he went for it? (laughs) It's so good. Well, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It's true. so true. But he says, you know, Rain did this. uh, And then he says, like, and he needs a good trails off and is like being killed and i just mm-hmm. want to say that like spanking could have been <laughs> in there. oh wow a spanking from daddy <laughs> anyway that he I has get... to be careful with all that fural strength oh fuck yeah <laughs> oh shit yeah god danger i hope they have a safe word <laughs> you doing this first before me this has <laughs> never happened it's amazing yes things have changed in your absence i'm yeah. so glad i had someone uh, come up to me at a show and they were like oh i love your your segments about buffering blah, blah blah i'm so glad that you're that you're there to represent all the kinky people who listen to it because they were like there's this episode where like Kristen and jenny are like oh this thing that happened is is weird it made me uncomfortable and then you come on fashion watch and you're like i'm so horny for this <laughs> Like, oh, I'm so yeah. glad. Representation you're, is so important. You're helping us all. Okay? I think you're the reason that we said daddy in the first place. I know. I am so stop. honored. Yeah, you know, just loosened us up a bit. Um, Damn. So great. So, oh, yes. Some of us more than others. So, then we go to Giles, and they're in research mode. Oh, and Buffy's like, I keep thinking, like, we should ask Giles what to do, which is so nice here. because, like, we spent the majority of the episode up to this point seeing Giles feel like useless and unvalued 
Right, yeah. right. If only he was here to hear himself being valued, mm-hmm. that would be helpful. Is there um, anything better than Spike driving Giles around and no. Giles being like, if you can't find third gear, don't try for third gear. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I love the, like, I mean, later, the, you know, did, did the demon steal Giles's car? It's like, why? And Anya going, why would we steal <laughs> that car? Yes, yeah. amazing. The, the, the Citroen, Citroen, Citroen. Actually, Spike says it, and he says, or somebody says it in this episode, and they say Citroen. Oh, really? Do they? It's a bad car. (laughs) Anyway, it's like front and center. This is the main plot point in this episode. Mm -hmm. R.I.P. that car. Yeah. I don't know what happens to it, but it didn't look good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the odd couple is back at it again. Yes. Fucking car. And of course, this is like one of my favorite moments in this whole episode is when Giles is like, I don't want to fucking do the demon-y things. I don't want to fucking. And then he sees Walsh. He's like, stop the car. (laughs) (laughs) That movie does this With his like hands over his head. Oh my God, he looks like fucking, he looks like Mrs. Coach in the the credits for Friday Night Lights. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Coach. Tammy Taylor. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, oh. Yeah, so pretty hilarious. Walsh is terrified. And then fucking li- like Riley's like, uh, Professor Walsh was attacked by a demon. And I'm like, liar. She yeah. was not. A demon like like raised Such his arms. Drama queen. <laughs> um they find out that Silver can kill the demon. You know, there's like all this talk about the car. We already went around yeah. all that. Another new bar is in this episode because Spike is like flirting with this woman. To no, that's no, the, same, the bar. same bar. He's back getting information oh, yeah. about. Is that and she the reveals yes. that he was hitting on? Yeah, yes. she hey, says everybody. like, oh, as soon as I saw that he was staying at that like flea bag motel, that flea bag <laughs> motel that has great sinks if you need to wash the blood out uh-huh. of your undershirt mm. or Jenny. tank top that you happened to wear while you were accidentally killing a man. Uh, <laughs> pour one out for that moment. <laughs> um, my my note about the motel, which you basically have just done with your exclamation, is like all of the forbidden gay love happens here. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> At the fucking motel. At the Sunnydale Forbidden Gay Love Am Motor Inn <laughs> that dare not speak I its know. name. <laughs> like somebody make me fanfic that's just called the Sunnydale Motor Inn and it's just all the forbidden gay love pairings that's that happen That's so beautiful. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Riley has a master key to the whole town. I know. Pretty weird. That? Yeah. yeah. That's, that about? that's just weird. That just Also, why didn't he sense. bring it up when they were approaching the door? Whatever. Right? It's fine. Well, she probably just kicked it yeah. in real fast because she's got no time for bullshit. She's trying to save Giles. She loves him. Dad! <laughs> um... Also, Ethan Rain just uses his fucking MasterCard, like, at the Magic Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's just like, yeah. Didn't even, like, pay cash. Not doing anything to cover his paper trail. Feels to me like somebody likes getting caught. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and possibly spanked. <laughs> Feels like somebody might be a brat. God, you know, if anybody came to this episode knowing you were guesting with us with expectations, I believe they have been fulfilled. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. he misbehaves. And yeah. he needs to be, like, punished. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> uh, you bad, know, you know what a bad boy. Weren't we just talking about bad boys recently? <laughs> fall off of chair. <laughs> losing it. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what, what, what oh, are we talking I, about? I was just going to, I didn't mean to take us off of this beautiful path we're on, but I did want to just highlight this moment before we leave this scene between Buffy and Oof. Riley. Yeah. <laughs> the power struggle. Yeah. He's like, Buffy, I can't take you with me. Oh my Actually, God. I'm just going to fucking play the sound clip. Get in the car. You ready to go? Buffy, earlier when I talked to Professor Walsh, she gave me very specific orders. Yeah. She said when we located the demon, I, 
I'm not supposed to bring you along. Oh. What are you doing? I'm going to the car. Buffy, I can't take you with me. You're not taking me with you. I am going and I am letting you come along. Buffy, it's not really your call. This is a military operation now. Then call out the troops. Because nothing less than that is going to stop me. Yeah. Fuck that guy. So embarrassing for him. I'm sorry, but I have a jingle that I would like to play in conjunction with this scene. Riley has been trained and maybe even brainwashed to follow orders. He's part of a military unit that works best if everybody's doing their part and following orders. So that's like sure part of his vibe. Sure. He's following orders. Sure. If you're going to play a jingle about somebody you hate, play it about Professor Walsh. I'm going to play it about this dude telling Buffy what she can and cannot do. I am not Uh, here for it. Because it's like, look, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, he's part of a military operation. I get that he's just doing what he's like supposed to do. But she's the slayer, and like, g- j- who do you think? And like, and let's that say, you are. I, you know, you all know I'm fucking here for that. The patriarchy affects everyone, and it's affecting yes. Riley in this moment. Yes. I'm totally aware of mm-hmm. that. But like, he just stepped into this, and he because of the fucking patriarchy, he thinks that he knows better. This feels less like a patriarchal moment to me, and more like a military v civilians. Like we have oh. an operation, we're gonna. I think that definitely plays into it. I think there's a lot of levels to it because like this moment totally annoys me. I definitely also get where he's coming from. Yeah, but I. I love Buffy's reaction, you know, no matter what. I love the way she's she's like, like, okay. I'm letting you come with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so badass. (laughs) (laughs) But I see what you're saying. I will say that that, uh, military mindset and patriarchal mindset are not too far removed from each other. It is a Venn diagram. I feel like there's like more about like unit cohesion. And also, I just want to say really quickly that like, no offense intended. Thank you for your service. When people in military uniforms come to my shows, I cry. It is a lot. Thank you for yes, your service. Of course, of course. No disrespect. <laughs> no, Carry no, on. and no, I don't think that anyone in here was disrespecting people in the military, for goodness sake. But but the but This the, is a fake imaginary demon military. Right, so right, 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 right. Yes. And yes. they're just being dicks to Buffy. That's the yeah, problem. And exactly. also it's Riley. So yeah. Oh come on. <laughs> he's just like, my mom said I'm not allowed to take you. <laughs> like the, he's just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go back to the oh odd couple God, in the car. Oh my God, Spike is like, how you feeling? And Giles is like, <laughs> like snapping next till everyone's dead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's this car chase and like Giles rolls out of the grid. Of course, like they're both at risk with God, the initiative. God, like Ethan even made Giles into like a big, like mean, nasty <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm going to let myself get caught and I'm going to make him meaner and stronger. <laughs> and <laughs> Oops, oh, he won't be able to wear it. his shirt. Oh, his yeah. shirt just won't fit anymore. Oh, no. He might be able to bench press me. And if he's anything like me, horns definitely work for him. <laughs> horns are a good look. Oh, goodness. So we're all at the motel <clears throat> together. Oh, my God. Giles is fighting Buffy. Mm-hmm. And um, Riley is fighting Rain. But mm-hmm. Giles is kind of like not fighting Buffy, right? He's yeah. just kind of like deflecting and like not... 
uh, hitting. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Spike in the, in the interim crashes the crashes dial. Dude, he is literally just driving at like a loading dock. He like <laughs> looks over his shoulder and then just drive. That was there the whole time. It's the only thing he could have been pointing at. Like, what the right. fuck? I'm glad the car is dead. However, that was you ridiculous. You're glad the car Well, I think it, I think it, Aww. it was fun. But listen, for everything, there is a season, turn, 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 Giles, get a new car, please. In case you're wondering what that clicking noise was, it was Jenny <laughs> banging the wall behind her. <laughs> I also, lest we forget the only power that a Fjarrell demon has being a petrifying mucus. <laughs> oh my God. And right. how that's pointed out multiple times. I love the way that that plays out. That is such a good <laughs> bit of writing where Spike's like, oh yeah, you've got the mucus thing. It like, you know, freezes people hard and instant, great in a fight. And then he's like, nah, I'm just fucking with you. And then when they open the book and they're like, Oh, mucus. <laughs> like, it's, it's a real thing. I thought that was so great. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh, God. So, fucking Buffy stabs Fjarrell Demon Giles <gasps> and then knows that it's him. Oh, my God. His eyes. Oh. And, like, listen, she says to him, like, after when they're discussing it, she says, you're the only one who can look at that annoyed with me. I know. And I thought that was great. It is. And... Listen, you all, Kate, you included, have waited a long time for this, but we have a Giles jingle <gasps> for you all. Giles, hot dad. When you were younger, you were real bad. But now you're older, you've got glasses that help you watch over us. Thank you, Giles. Well, oh boy. Hopefully you enjoy. It's uh, been too long. Right? Like, Giles <laughs> has worked real hard to get that jingle. We're sorry yes. for dragging our feet, but at least it got <clears throat> to be in this episode. Genius takes time. Yeah. I yes. get it. Yes. Um, and then Giles, of course, has to get clothed again. Um, but <laughs> Does <there's>, he? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a go- that's a really solid point. Um, well, he, Ethan. I mean, he does have oh to wear Ethan's clothes. Jenny is like playing with one strand of her hair while thinking about Giles shirtless. And it's no, lot. I was thinking about Giles in the shiny silk, oh, whatever yeah. that is. Pretty uh, pretty gay. Isn't it kind of like snakeskin yeah, oh, pattern? Wait, it's God. like black and white. It's like, not. It's very real. It's, you know. And then, of course, in, so Giles is wearing Ethan Rain's silk shirt, mm. and he's like, I'm just going to go watch the manhandle. I <laughs> Hot, 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 hot. So good. Oh, it's really good. I just want to watch him struggle a little. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just want to see him. Ethan's, like, very self-aware. Like, it's the stay and gloat that gets me every time. I know. I know. Because, look, if with no interference, how did he expect this to play out? Like, that's what I'm so curious about. Because he left these clues. He left all of these very, (laughs) this very obvious trail. And, like, he's not an idiot. I mean, he's sort of... (laughs) <laughs> Look, I think he's very smart about doing very bad things. Yeah. And he leaves this trail. Did he expect Giles is just going to find him? And then he was going to be like, oh, no. What are you going to do about oh, it? Oh, I happen to speak Fjarl. <laughs> you know he does. Too. He definitely does. <laughs> um, normally we do the sexual tension awards at the very end. And I know we have a little bit left, but I think we're all really ready for it right now. Yeah. Sexual attention no more. 
are again at the sexiest part of the show. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, <laughs> this, one, this one might have a competition. Well, here we are again at the um, sort of like collection of all the sexiest peak moments all <laughs> smushed together into one thing that you get to vote on uh, for the greatest moment or moments of sexual tension in this episode. Here are your nominees. If you like, I don't know, cardboard, vanilla ice cream, Wonder Bread, whatever, you could vote for Buffy and Riley. Wow, what a setup for failure. You just so heterophobic. <laughs> Jeez, Jenny. I listen, I feel like we put Buffy and Riley out there occasionally and people just don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, if you like to float a rose with your best gal pal from Hell Wicked Group, yeah. you could vote for Tara and Willow. If you like um two bad boys. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who uh, doesn't? Tristing in the cemetery. You could uh, vote for Spike and Giles for that brief moment by the um, brief but mausoleum. Hot. Brief but hot, mm-hmm. like a firework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then if you're just like the, if you're a reasonable goddamn person, you could vote for Ethan and Giles, please. <laughs> For a lifelong love affair with no comparison. Truly. Decades. Decades. Really? Uh, You can join us. uh, Make your voice heard by casting your vote via our Twitter poll. We are at BufferingCast. The poll will be up like now. And we'll be up for a week. So please vote. Yes. And uh, you, of course, voted already uh, for last week's episode, Doomed. And uh, I'm going to tell you about the winners. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the winners, of course. I think but when I mean, it comes to the sexual attention awards, we're all we're winners. All winners. You're right. You're right. Um, in last place, or uh, perhaps we want to call it fourth place, Giles and the Math. Um, a good showing. <laughs> a good showing, but 11% of you voted for, for them. Uh, they did not win. In third place, we have Xander and Spike's Shiny Bottom. Nice. Uh, or in my poll, it was Spike's Shiny Peach Emoji. Uh, <laughs> second place, with two basketballs are Forrest and Riley, <laughs> 28% of you. Two basketballs. And winning, much deserved, with 41% of your votes, Spike and kicking ass. <laughs> wow. Well, <gasps> on the other side of sexy. Well, you know who else likes that i'm sorry (laughs) yes jenny please continue well riley's all like you're strong yeah no one's giving you orders yeah i like it yeah yeah then he kind of mucks it up by saying give me another week and i'll take you down yeah it's sweet that he's optimistic like that but he's very wrong i feel like it's just he's like oh i i you know i let i let myself uh sort of uh, be honest for a second uh, whoops 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 gotta get gotta get my pride <laughs> back gotta get my pride whoops, back whoops, whoops. which is i mean i think again just uh, he's working through some stuff yeah and i i right this this moment at first i was like eh, and then i was like actually like this is pretty reasonable and yeah. understandable moment of like joking the way you know how to joke and yes. like not knowing because you're uncomfortable yeah yeah, yeah. and he with he vulnerability has... with being like my super strong girlfriend maybe i'm into that yeah 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 maybe right riley has a lot to think about right and giles has a new phone so yeah ingenious speaking tube i think you mean (laughs) (laughs) through which information could be transmitted at any time if buffy has anything to tell him she could just call right and then of course giles is like you know buffy i don't want to interfere and she's like you have butt face (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Del's like, the fuck? But he's concerned about the initiative. He's concerned mm-hmm. about her involgement with the initiative. And, like, fair point. Rightly She's so. like, I'm dating Riley, not the initiative. But, like, isn't she dating uh, Professor Walls a little well, bit? <laughs> she doesn't really know. I mean, like, Buffy hasn't had a ton of interaction with the initiative yet, right? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. she knows so Riley. Little... She knows that. Well, because Walsh says she's working on getting her clearance. Right, so right. She hasn't actually seen it. She's just met Walsh and <laughs> Yeah, she hasn't Riley. seen the amazing tinfoil pit with, like, three <laughs> medical tables. <laughs> Speaking of, wow, oh, it's the worst set. Oh, it's so, it's so bad. bad. Oh, and we go to it in the next scene. Yeah, um, wait, wait, but but first, yeah. re Professor Walsh Giles does get to say at the very end, I do hate her quite a lot, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, yeah, God. it's very good. Those two, um, and then there's this like we go to the initiative, we sort of see the parallel, <laughs> Jenny. Riley is like, she's the truest soul I've ever known. <laughs> and what did she say? She's like, Oof. she's like a, like a, Lord help me, college boys, like spouting the, yeah, yeah, poetry yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. God, this is a very, like, college boys in love. And this is kind of one of the first moments we kind of see Walsh and Riley, like, like having like a moment that's not about the initiative well because realistically i mean they're a gender reversed buffy and giles like that right. you know she's the watcher she's the mentor and then so much of this about is like what if that is a bad relationship totally. rather than a positive one which is is very interesting but also and then <gasps> she walks into a door and it's 314. <laughs> just like fucking Ethan Rain said. Yeah. So he, he did, knew. He did know. Yeah. He knew something. Mm-hmm. What we won't learn, um, maybe ever, but uh, we certainly don't <laughs> learn it here. You remember in Halloween when he left that note for Giles and then Giles looked at the camera? Good. I just, the two of them are, <laughs> ugh. God. Such a good long running. I, I just I feel like if I had been working on that show, that would be my thing where at the start of the season I was like, Can I do an Ethan episode? Yeah, Can yeah. I please do an Ethan episode? <laughs> I will do anything. I just want to do an Ethan totally. and Giles episode. And yeah, it's I hope that someday good. one of our listeners does like a supercut of you talking about Ethan and Giles. I just look, I mean, I have always liked them, but I think when I was younger, I didn't really understand because they have a, a very adult dynamic. Totally. <laughs> and it was more like, yeah, I didn't really see it. And then when we started doing this and I, I was like rewatching a lot of it with that lens I was like oh my god yes I yeah. was very influenced by this <laughs> right? and it's there it's there it's written in there just it's like so Faith good. and Buffy like it's not yeah. this is not just like us making it up it's no. so there yeah absolutely and I mean especially in this episode and Jane Espenson loves a gay storyline <laughs> she puts <laughs> them in everything get that shit in there she's amazing oh, I um, hope I really hope that one day we get to talk to Jane I yeah I don't think that I could I would probably <laughs> I'm probably, I feel the same way about Brenda Chapman, who originally wrote Brave, uh, the mm. movie, before it was uh, taken away from her and given to some dudes. Oh, wow. Um, but it's just like, I... Uh, yeah. It's funny, because when you were talking, hero. I was like, oh, maybe Kate could interview Jane. <laughs> <since I'm, laughs> no, I would just be like, not. I don't... How do you... Everything that you've done is so beautiful. What? <laughs> <laughs> so how? how did you write all the good ones? Um, <sighs> yeah, no, she's she's great. But it is... It, it, is, it is a very good relationship it's very and it's spanning so many seasons yeah truly 
And, you know, Ethan was taken away by the military, but I just feel like it's not the last we'll see. With, Ethan a, with a very few exceptions, you do not see Giles with a lot of female uh, companionship. Oh, so I'm just saying. It's true. Holding out for a hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've done it. I would say we have. I think we did it. Kate, I think everyone at this point knows where to find you, but please <laughs> tell them where to find you, what you're working on. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I just finished uh, working on the first season of High Guardian Spice for Crunchyroll, which is going to come out in 2019, yes. uh, which is pretty exciting. Um, my first uh, fully written, uh, just by me, episode of Transformers Cyberverse uh, was just out, which is very cool. I got to write some lady robot villains, which yes. is, uh, is very dreamy. So yeah, I got a bunch of cartoon stuff out now. Um, I start to lose track of it. <laughs> so you can find everything that I'm doing at uh, kateleff.com or I'm kateleff on Twitter. I'm I'm Kate Leff on Instagram. I'm Kate Leff everywhere except Tumblr where I'm still Kate or Die because, you know, nice. I'll hold that up forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know uh, other stuff that is coming up soon. So just keep an eye on that. I, I you know, announce things as they come up. I'm done with conventions for the year. Ah, <laughs> it's time to sleep. Seriously. <laughs> and work. A nap or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. So, well, yeah. thank you for being with us. Oh, my God. Chris. Anytime. The Kate episode of the season is always... It's always so a highlight exciting. for me. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. It can't be denied. And uh, when I'm not <laughs> watching Buffy and making this podcast, I'm usually writing and recording songs. You can learn more about me and hear some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. And you can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen. Youngs. Great job. Thank you. I am Kristen Russo, and you can learn about me on my website, Kristen Nolene. Um, I know it's hard to spell. So let's just play the jingle for you this week. Kristen with an I, N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Uh, you can check out my work with LGBTQ young people and their families. Uh, learn about the work that I do over at My Kid is Gay over there. And also you can use that spelling uh, to find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BufferingCast. And you can email us at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. It's true. You can. And you can support the work that we do here in a few ways. You can, of course, go to our website, BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. And you can click on Patreon and join our Patreon community. We have four different levels of giving. There's really fun things over there. It's, I mean, just go check it out. Trust us. Uh, you can also buy some merchandise from our store. Some of our pins designed, of course, by the one, the only Kate Left. Mm -hmm. It's true. Uh, are in that store. We've got Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy. We have a new Buffy for, well, I guess it's not as new anymore, but we have uh, a Buffy Forever t-shirt, uh, Alewife. No, we don't have any Fishwife shirts. But we, <laughs> we do have Alewife. We do have an Alewife shirt. Uh, and of course, you can always rate and review us over on iTunes. Do all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, till next time. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know everything, even though I've Searching through the long night that my life
one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a best comic book podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com.